Mr Kerry Fye, thank you for having us here for speaking with Match from Boxing. Of course, the preparation well and truly underway for your fight out in Texas. Can you tell us a little bit about, just take it back, where you were when you first got the call from Eddie that the fight was done, the fight was over the line, and sort of what your initial reaction to that news was? Um, I first spoke to my, my manager and told me that the fight's done. Um, I was just over the moon. I was happy. Um, obviously, after, after agreeing to fight, you ran a stride in the unification and that fell apart. Um, what better fight to get next than uh, Chocolatito? So it's a fight I've wanted for a long time. And um, yeah, I'm really happy that, it, that it's come to fruition. Yeah, it's, it's gone pretty quick. Um, the ca camp, camps is like, like a lifestyle really for me. I train all the time, um, but I've really enjoyed it because I've got the bit between my teeth. Um, it's, it's the biggest part of my life. And I'm, I'm, instead of normally where I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit nervous sometimes for fights because I just want to get them done for the big fight coming up. But this fight, I'm just, just excited. I just can't wait. I'm, I'm, re I'm just over the moon and I'm just, I'm training so hard, but I'm training smart, but I'm just with excitement. It's, it's hard to explain, but I've just, um, I'm just really buzzing about the whole situation. Let's talk a little bit about Chocolatito himself. Roman Gonzalez, of course, four-weight world champion, former pound-for-pound -pound king. Came through a really tough 2017, just the two losses, of course, against Rung Versailles. He's bounced back, though, two knockout wins. Do you feel his mindset as a fighter, he'll be totally reset now coming into this fight and coming back with his mojo back, his confidence back? I think so. I think, I think, he's, um, I think he'll be back at his best. That's, what, that's how I've trained, anyway. That's what I've got in my head. He's at his best. He's, um, he's come back with two, two good wins. Um, not against the opposition, you know, the opposition has been great. But um, he's done what he's had to do and he's done it in good fashion. So, um, yeah, obviously he's still got, what, he's still got it. And um, I've taken him very seriously. And it's a, it's a massive fight. Um, it's a muscle fight. And uh, yeah, I'll do what I've got to do to win. As we mentioned there, just the two losses out of his, his 50 fights as a professional. Watching them fights back with Rungvasai, is that something you've been doing? Have you been able to sort of pluck holes in that performance and hoping to capitalise in similar ways that he was able to that night? Yeah, I've seen things, but I haven't really took much from that fight because Rungvasai, you know, he's a southpaw, he's a bit rugged. Um, I don't think he's got the technical ability I've got, but he's got other, other strengths. Um, so I've seen little things, but I've seen other th uh, other chinks in his armour in you know fights against people like Carlos Quadras. So you know um, that that that's a fight I've watched more. Um, but wrong with side, he's, you know he's got he's got big big power, and um, I have seen little weaknesses there. But I think I've, I just think I've got to do what I've got to do. I've concentrated more on what what I'm doing. Um, I've concentrated more on my strengths than his weaknesses. Yeah, like I said, I, I was, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. I'm excited. I'm. Um, it's hard. It's hard to explain because I haven't had this feeling for a long time. The last time I had this feeling was when, probably I boxed in my first defence in my hometown, um, or when I challenged for the world title. The others are just like, I'm expected to win. I'm expected to win easy. And if I don't win easy, then, then it's like I've done, I've, I've done a rubbish job. But um, this fight. I've got, I've, the emotions are there, the, the, the bit between my teeth, like I said, 
I'm just I'm just ready, and I'm gonna be even more ready in a couple of weeks' time to go out there and um, announce myself to a new stage on a new stage as well, out in Texas. Um, new American, some new American fans will be out there, so um, a Latino crowd as well, and I'm sure they'll enjoy the performance. I'll go out there a lot on vacation anyway, so I'm you know I, I'm used to I'm used to American life. So my last two out of my three fights have been over there. Um, so I enjoy it there, so it's nothing new to me. I'm just excited to go back out there and um, in a bigger fight this time and, you know, show everyone what I'm, what I'm about. Um, I just I just get used to everything, day or two, to, to let my body regroup and then um, just ease into training again. Some good sparring sessions. Um, it's good to have to have the, my team around me. Um, we, have, we have good banter over there. And um, yeah, it makes things a lot easier. No distractions. So um, yeah, I, I enjoy the lead up the last two, three, two and a half, three weeks out there. Um, it's good fun. Let's talk a little bit about February 29th. Obviously not only your own excitement, as you're saying, for your fight. Is it giving you a bit of extra buzz, as you said, that the fight is also on this, this massive card, the likes of Marky Garcia, another world title fight in uh, Martinez against Harris. It, it must be an exciting time for you heading into this big platform again. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big card, big card. Big fan of Michael Garcia, um, so I'm glad to fight on a card with him. Um, and then you got the flyweight world title fight with Martinez and Jay Harris. Um, great, I'm sure that'd be a great tear up. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great card to be on, and this is this, that's what this fight deserves. This it's fight should uh, it will bring a lot of excitement, and it's got to be on a card like this, if not head on its own card. You know, I've watched Chocolatito for a long time, since I first turned pro. Um, coming through the weight divisions, you know, demolishing fighters. And in 2015, he, it was like May 2015, he boxed Edgar Sosa, defended his WBC flyweight title at the Forum in LA. Um, I, went, I, I went and watched him fight. It was, um, it was quick. <laughs> it was a two round demolition. But um, I, I, I paid like thirty dollars for my for my ticket, and sat right in the guards. But um, he was impressive. He was more impressive seeing him in in the flesh. But um, yeah, it's a it's, it's that situation. It's that idols become become rivals, and this time this time round, you know, um, I won't be looking at him in awe. I'll be I'll be looking at him to take him out. This is the fight. This is the this is the. This is the fight I've been craving for a long time, and this is the fight I need. Um, hopefully this will give me the, the recognition I deserve, because um, for all my ability, uh, I don't think I'll get the respect that I deserve. And the recognition has been a, a, a world champion, Birmingham's first world champion, Britain's first super flyweight world champion, defending my world title five times. Um, I'll get the recognition I deserve beating Chocolatito. We've seen some fighters, I'm going to talk maybe Tyson Fury, Billy Joe Saunders, just off the top of my head, for example, who, depending on who they fight, their, their own performance tends to rise with that and rise with the occasion. Do you feel, as you just mentioned, about having the bit between your teeth, we're going to see the, the best version of Cal you fight in this fight? A million percent, as Billy Joe Saunders would say. million percent. Um, that's what I need. That's that's how I, that's what I did when I stepped up and challenged for my world title. I had that fear, I had that fear factor, and that's what I need. To, that's what I need to deliver them performances, and that's what I've got now. 
and um, I can I can I can count on it that I will deliver that performance on February 29th. This fight is more exciting than any of the other fights in the division. I, c I could have fought anybody else, but this fight is going to bring a, bring a lot more excitement for the crowd, for the viewers. Um, so you just know it's going to be one of them fights. You, you know what you're going to get with Chocolatito. He's just going to he's just going to come, and he's going to throw put loads of punches together, and try and and just try and make me feel very uncomfortable in there. But I'm okay with that. That, that I don't mind being, I, I don't mind being, you know, being chest to chest. That that'll suit me down to the ground. But um, yeah, this fight, this fight, people, people really enjoy it, and um, it's one that people can't afford to blink in. If he doesn't win this fight, he's basically done. So he has to win this fight for him. But for me, it's my rise to superstardom, and that's what that's what will happen. I'll be, I'll beat him. Get a lot, get a lot of um, the American crowd. Latino crowd watching, and then they'll remember my name. And then when we go into the bigger fights against the likes of Juan Estrada or any of the other champions, then people will know who I am. How do you see this fight playing out? And if you were to give some sort of prediction of how you see yourself beating Chocolatito, how would you put that into words? Um, there's loads of ways I see him beat, see, my way, see myself beating him. There's loads of ways I see myself beating him. I've, viewed, I've gone over it a million times in my head, and I, I see myself catching him with loads of shots. Loads of different punches from different angles, head and body. But um, all I know is every time I view the fight in my head, is that I'll win. I think it's absolutely disgraceful of JDs to come out and criticize Mark Breland for throwing in the towel in the Wilder Fury rematch. A few months ago, we saw Patrick Day lose his life in the ring after taking a similar type of beating to the one Wilder took against Fury. As much as Deontay Wilder is an idiot of a man, I don't want to see him get crippled. As much as he's talked about catching a body in the ring before, I don't want to see him get killed. This is a sport. I don't want to see life and death in the boxing ring. It happens from time to time. It's tragic. I don't want us to keep seeing that. Yeah, I know it's going to happen, but obviously I want the uh, relevant parties in boxing to try and minimize the fatalities and serious injuries. And one of those relevant parties is the cornermen. They can help to minimize tragedies in boxing. And that's what Mark Breland was doing. I mean, people talk about, oh, Deontay Wilder's this tremendous puncher. He's never been beaten up the way he was in the Fury fight before. He was weakening by the second. He never even came close to hurting Fury in that rematch. This was a different Fury than he fought first time around. Way stronger. Totally different style. Totally different tactics. Putting it on Deontay Wilder. Not giving him a second to breathe. Wilder couldn't get any punches off. Fury was too technically good for him. His jab was too good. His range control was too good. His defense on the front foot was too good. You could literally see the energy draining out of Deontay Wilder with each round. Bleeding from the nose, bleeding from the mouth, bleeding from the ear. Likely a perforated eardrum. Messing up his balance completely and he's never had great balance to begin with. What the hell do you want? Yeah, Wilder's going to say, oh, you should have let me continue. 
Fighters sometimes need saving from themselves. Far too many brave cornermen in this world. Mark Breland being a former fighter himself, he knows what can happen to you in the ring. He's seen tragedies over the years. He's seen friends of his end up in a very, very bad way. He didn't want that happening to his fighter. I applaud Mark Breland for actually giving a damn about Deontay Wilder. Unlike JD say, oh, he shouldn't have stopped it. Are you mad? We don't want to see another Patrick Day in the ring. Let Deontay Wilder live to fight another day. Yeah, his pride is going to be hurt. Better that his pride is hurt than his brain is injured. If there's one person who Team Wilder need to retain, it's Mark Breland. Even if they don't retain him as head coach or assistant coach, they need to keep him around because he cares about the fighter clearly from his actions in that Fury rematch. He cares about the fighter. Deontay Wilder, as I've long said, is a very, very foolish man. He's not the sharpest tool in the box, not an intelligent guy at all. Hopefully he has enough intelligence to understand that Mark Breland was the one guy who was working in his best interest, the one guy who actually cared. So he did absolutely the right thing. Wilder was done. Fury wasn't making the mistakes necessary for Wilder to be able to catch him. And Wilder didn't have the strength anyway. He didn't have the balance to be able to get a shot like that off. And this was a stronger Fury than last time. So the Wilder fanboys out there are reaching for excuses. They bought into this absurd idea that Deontay Wilder was somehow invincible in the heavyweight division. We've seen it time and time again over the decades when George Foreman was around in the 70s, when Mike Tyson was around in the 80s and 90s. These big punches get built up as immovable objects. But over the decades, if you follow boxing for long enough, you'll realize that there is no such thing as an invincible fighter. Every dog has its day. And even if you didn't predict uh, Wilder would destroy excuse me, Fury would destroy Wilder the way he did, and I certainly didn't predict that. I've said all along that Deontay Wilder is going to lose. All the top heavyweights are going to lose, and I say that because of what I've seen happen in the past. Fighters who get built up as invincible, and they get taken out. Far more skilled punches than the likes of Deontay Wilder have lost. People like Mike Tyson. And if he can get taken out, no reason Wilder can't. Yeah? So these Wilder fanboys, either they were ignorant to heavyweight boxing history, or they just didn't have enough respect for it. Because those who refuse to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And the Wilder fanboys reaching for all these excuses they are more concerned with their own pride and their own bruised egos than they are with Deontay Wilder's health. These people are scumbags. Yeah? Mark Breland, applause to that man. He has said a lot of nonsense and Mark Breland is guilty of gassing Wilder's head up, truth be told, and filling, helping to fill Wilder's head with a whole heap of nonsense. Mark Breland is guilty of that. The one thing he's not guilty of is just sending his fighter out there when it's obvious he can't win. 
he's not guilty of sending his fighter out there to get seriously damaged potentially. He actually showed that he cared. So big up Mark Breland for that. And anybody who disagreed with Mark Breland's decision, you should be ashamed of yourself. Seriously. So how many am out? Will Anthony Joshua go head-to-head with Tyson Fury in the ring this year? Well, let's get the opinion of the former world light welterweight champion, Amir Khan. Amir, a very good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us. Look, before we get to the fight, there was obviously another big event happening for you at the weekend, uh, the birth of your son. Congratulations. How are you holding up? Thank you very much. I'm doing really well, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wanted to be in Vegas for the fight, but obviously... Uh, the wife was uh, giving birth around that time, and, and luckily I didn't go there because would have been, that would have been a tougher fight for me in my whole career, you know, if not going to not being at the birth of my son. So, but yeah, everything's gone well. She's at home now. Uh, the wife is, and also my child is at home as well. We're glad you're all doing well. Uh, let's get your thoughts on the fight then. A busy day clearly for you on Saturday, but uh, I suppose no problem being up at five in the morning now. You've got a, a, a new baby. What, what did you make of, of, of Fury's performance? Oh, yeah, it was amazing performance. I mean, Fury did what he had to do. He went in there, um, kept it long, but at times was pu pushing forward. I mean, one thing I've not seen Fury do for a very long time is put pressure on opponents, especially a, a puncher like Wilder, who's, who's going to, you know, who hits very hard and he can hurt any opponent he hits clean. And one thing about Fury, he didn't respect that. He was just walking right through him. He put, put him on his back foot. And, you know, looking at the first fight they had, Fury was the one that went down twice. Uh, was hurt quite quite badly in that fight, but it was still a very close fight. This rematch that happened last weekend was what a fight that was. I mean, Fury just did what he had to do. He was very smart in there. Put Wilder down. I think that might have been the first time Wilder's ever gone down in his career, but literally hurt him. And I think he just discomfort discomforted him and also took that game plan away from him. I mean, literally took him apart, really. I mean, you could see Wilder, we're looking to the corner for help also you could see he disheartened him in the fight and like he didn't want to be in there and me and my friends were watching the fight thinking I've never seen Wilder ever in, being in that position and that was because he, literally he was just getting here boxed. Yeah I mean do you think that that makes uh, Tyson Fury the, the complete fighter now that the ability to, to change his tactics and to do everything whether that's the front foot or the back foot do you think that makes him the number one heavyweight right now? Definitely, we have to say he's the number one heavyweight in, in the world. Um, and, and obviously we know that he only holds a WBC title. We've got AJ, who has the other world titles. I just feel that this is amazing for British boxing to have like, all the world titles in England. Um, it's, it's just amazing to have that. And, and, and a clash between them two will be huge if that ever happened. But it, I think overall, Tyson Fury's performance was amazing. He did everything. He stuck to the game plan, was very smart in there. And he just made it very, very look very, very easy, yeah. You've done it yourself, fighting in Vegas back, back in 2010 and winning. Just how hard is it yeah. to do that when you're away from home? You know, it's very difficult fighting away from home uh, because you've not got the fan base, you've not got your home crowd supporting you, pushing you. Uh, but one thing about America, you know, you have to fight there to build a big name for yourself and also to start building that on your own fan base. You could see the crowd after the fight all cheering for Fury. You could see the crowd after that, you know, they were, they were on his side. I mean, even when I fought there, you know, you're walking towards the ring in Vegas and you're normally getting people booing or, you know, <laughs> 
saying you're going to get beat. But then after the fight, everyone's on your side. Everyone's like, come on, champ, we want to see you fight again in America. So it's just amazing to fight in those arenas, like in Las Vegas, New York. It's a, it's a, cr a crazy experience. Well, there should be no, no problem selling uh, the fight that, that British fans will be desperate to see, Fury against, against Anthony Joshua. Do you think it'll happen this year? Yes. I hope so. I mean, I heard Eddie Hearn uh, on, on Sky saying that he, he'll want that fight in summer. I mean, that's only a couple of months away. Um, is Fury going to be ready? I mean, that was a tough fight he was in. Uh, but let's see if he's going to take that. But I feel that, you know, both promoters have to have a sit down and take it from there. The British fans want to see that fight. It's a massive fight. And to have it in England, let's hope it's not going to be taken out to any other country like Saudi Arabia or America. Let's hope that fight happens over here because it's such a big fight for British boxing. And I think it's only going to... So, I mean, it'll be a sellout wherever it happens. But and, 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 and if it's, is it going to happen? 50-50, really. I think both fighters have to have a sit down and, you know, it's a business at the end of the day and they have to kind of agree on terms. Well, let's, let's say it does happen. Let's say the fight takes place. Now the difficult question, who would you tip to win? <laughs> I mean, you put me on the spot there. Look, if I was to pick someone, um, I, think I do lean a little bit more towards Fury. I think Fury is the full, complete fighter. He is a good boxer. He can fight. And it, as we saw in the last fight, he's the one who put Wilder down with the power. I never used to think he had that much power as a heavyweight, but I think he proved in the last fight. And also, coming forward on the front foot, boxes really well as well. So I do favour him a little bit more. Look, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time, Amir, and we appreciate you, you feeling all these questions. You, you've been in a, a situation where a fight's been talked about for years and, and hasn't quite happened with Kelbrook. But now he's back in the ring, isn't he? So, yeah. what are the chances of that fight happening? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another fight that, that is out there for me. Um, just like how people are talking about the Fury uh, AJ fight. I mean, mine and Brooks' fight's been talked about for a very, very long time. And, but it just never seems to materialise. I mean, I'll leave it to the promoters. We have a sit down, it, everything goes well, and then at the end, everything just falls right through. So, look, let's hope to... I mean, I think this is the final year. If it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Uh, but I would want it to happen. And, you know, I am, I am in talks with Eddie, and I'd love to sit down with them. And just recently, I had a, had a talk with uh, Adam Smith, who is now the development of Sky Boxing. Uh, hopefully, we can make things move forward quickly. OK, two massive British fights then happening this year. Good, good to hear it from you, Amir. Take care. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, guys, thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to subscribe here at Fino Boxing, like this video, and leave your comments down below. And follow us at all our social media platforms at Fino Boxing. And my personal one is at Adriana underscore sports. Hey guys, Adriana Jimenez joined here with four division world champion Mikey Garcia. Mikey, is that your sports car parked outside? It's it's the the most sportiest one looking out there. It has a big 87. <laughs> that's yours, right? That's my that's my, that's my Viper actually. Uh, you know, we, we had a, a tough training session this morning and I had to make it in time. So I was in a hurry, so I had to drive that one to make it in time. You know, I had to come to to uh, to to the, the the lunch with everybody and you know, it's it's a fun car. I like it. <laughs> nice, nice. It's a very nice car, and obviously, I know, I know, I know you love your race cars. How many do you have now? Uh, got that. That was the first one I got. Um, I got two two Lam Lamborghinis. I have a McLaren. I have my Challenger and that one. Those are the sport ones that I got. The, the muscle car and the sport ones. Uh, 
I mean, I got a lot of other cars. Uh, total car, I think I got like 12 cars now, but the, the sport ones are those. Lucky, I'm, I'm over here coming on Uber and stuff. Nah, you didn't see the sticker. You should go see the stickers that I got in the front. What, do you what, what, what is it? I'll let, you, I'll let you see it after. Oh, okay, okay. I'll right. let you see it after. What is it? Oh, yeah, you have, do you have an Uber sticker? Yeah, yeah. Are you serious? I do. I got an Uber sticker there. I, uh, I'll give rights to anybody that, need, that needs a ride. For, for free, for free. Next time that I'm running late for a press conference, like I'm, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call you up. I'll make sure I get you in time. You, you might, you might uh, get there a little scared, but I'll get you there on time. Got it, got it. Well, we know you love the speed, you love action. We love to see you in action inside the ring. And now you have a big fight against Jesse Vargas for Bridge 29 in Dallas. How pumped are you? How motivated are you? I'm, ex I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm excited. You know, I, I think it's a great matchup. Yeah. It'll be a great fight. I think it's going to allow me to perform very well and, and show all my fans that I'm a lot more than what was apparent in the last fight. And, and that's, it's going to answer a lot of those questions, a lot of the doubts. So I'm, I'm excited. I want to get back in the ring. You know, I, I don't like losing. I didn't like, you know, last fight. And I want to get back in that winning circle. So I think this fight will allow me to do it. Now it's the second fight at 147. Was there a different element you had to apply during training camp in preparation for this fight? Uh, no, it's, it's not like we changed anything. It was just uh, me adjusting better. I think that's that's the biggest difference. You know, I've carried the weight for a year now, and I think my body's naturally now adjusted better than prior. You know, when I try to bulk up, you know, gain weight within 10 weeks and then try to, you know, shrink down just a little bit just to be quick. It just was, wasn't enough time. You know, that, that, that was honestly what happened. And that's all right. You know, you, you learn, you know, use that as experience to learn and, and do better the next time. Well, you, you look good. You look in shape. How do you feel? Because I know you said after the Earl Spence fight that you didn't feel great inside the ring and, that, and obviously that affected you. But how, do, how are you feeling so far? How are you feeling throughout the training camp? I, I feel very good. I feel very good. I feel sharp. Uh, we just finished doing sparring this morning, and we've been sparring, you know, terrific rounds. Big guys, different sparring partners, um, I, and I, I'm happy when my dad's happy. When my dad is happy and he, he likes what he sees, then that also reassures that I'm doing very well. So I feel very good. You know, I feel confident. I think, uh, you know, two weeks people are going to see, you know, damn, you know, Mikey, Mikey's now a, a real welterweight. He can really do something at welterweight, and, and that's what I'm excited for. Boxing is like no other sport where you cannot have a night off. You have a night off and everyone attacks you. What do you say to the haters that are saying, we saw you at 147 against Earl Spence. What are you doing back here? Look, it's, it's not, I don't want to consider them haters, but they have a, a, the right to have that opinion. My performance from my last fight was obviously the worst of my career. You know, I felt slow, sluggish, tired, weak. So I couldn't do anything. And that's, that's fine. It just happens. You know, Errol fought the great fight. He fought a great fight. So it's hard for anybody else to give me any credit. So it's not, I don't want to call anybody, you know, that has any negative to say about my last performance, you know, a hater. I just think that this fight will allow me to show everybody that I can be a lot more than what they saw in the last fight. I can be a true player at 47. And I think, I think they're going to change their mind about me fighting at Walterweight. Well, I know for um, here at Matchroom, you're on a like a fight per like a fight per fight contract, right? It's a one fight deal that we did. We secured a, a one fight deal, basically a partnership that we did, co-promoting, very transparent uh, about everything, and you know it's 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 what I needed, and it's what I needed to be able to work with anybody, and 
I mean, so far they've been very, very transparent. They've been working very well. I like the team. I like the way everybody works. Um, I like the attention to details that they, they put. So, I mean, I could definitely continue to work if the right fights are available, if the right options are available after this fight. We'll definitely explore it. Um, but it is just, it's a one fight with some, some uh, exploration options. Have you considered exploring a fight in the UK? I know there's a big fan base over there. Have you thought about fighting over there? I mean, I, I would love to uh, sometime come out there because I know I have a lot of fans out there. I always get messages, you know, and different reporters always tell me that I have a big fan base in, in the UK. Um, I think it would be great for me to come out there and, and show my skills there. Um, and if, I mean, if we continue to work with Matchroom and there's the right fight available out there, then I, I'm, I'm open to doing it. I mean, I'm not going to go you know, anywhere else that, that people don't want to see me. You know, if people want to see me there, then I'll be there. Yeah. If, if, if you go down to 140, would you consider a fight with Josh Taylor, whether he unifies with Jose Ramirez? That's, we actually, that was one of the names that we looked at prior to this fight with Jesse. Uh, unfortunately, he was unavailable, and it just didn't make sense at the time for him. And, you know, we, did, we, didn't take, we couldn't do that fight. But um, that's a fight that interests me a lot. You know, um, I know he just did a, an agreement with signed to top rank, so it seems like maybe they're leaning in the direction to fight uh, Jose Ramirez soon. But if I can catch him before them, you know, maybe you know do the fight in the UK. You know, I mean, I'm I'm open to 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 that fight. I would really love that fight. That would be a great fight to watch. Um, well, I want to get your your thoughts. I know you've been busy at training camp, but. Just one more week, and we have a big fight with the, the heavyweights with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, too. What are your thoughts on that fight? I mean, you, we saw the first one. What do you think is going to happen the second time? Well, I think it's a, it's a great fight. I think the first one was great. I think the second one's going to be just as great. I do think that uh, Deontay will... I think he's going to start faster. He's going to start sooner. Put on the gas, put the pressure, let his hands go sooner. And if he can do that, I think he's actually going to stop Fury this time around. He already dropped him last time. He already hurt him. But it was just a little too late in the fight. I think he last time he took a little too too many rounds to, to get the gas going. And he started doing the same thing with uh, Ortiz, where he let the first half of the fight, first five, six rounds, kind of let Ortiz box. And until he finally let his hands go, he's knocked him out. So I think he should use those two fights as examples and, and as, as experience to remind him to start earlier. And if he can do that, I think he will stop Fury. But I mean, it's, it's a great matchup. Fury can box and use the height and reach, make it complicated and, and, and also pull it off. But um, I feel that Wilder power and confidence is just so high, I think he's gonna win. Well, because Tyson Fury was saying that he was gonna start fast and he was telling everybody, he was telling the media that he was going to knock out Deontay Wilder in two rounds, in two rounds. I, I, I mean, if he tells me that, I'll bet him some money because <laughs> I, I really doubt that. I, that's not the game. I don't think that's the, the best strategy for him. Uh, I think the best strategy for, for Fury is to box. Use that height, that reach. Use the, the weird, awkward angles that he does, you know, punching from different angles. Use that, complicate things. You know, I think that's the strategy. He may say something else just to, you know, get some, some, some conversations out there, but I think he's going to try to box. Well, speaking of the heavyweights with Andy Reese, do you do you feel that he can come back? Because many fighters that I have talked to have told me that you know one fight, it, you know, brings it down. But then he, he it wasn't like he was knocked out. He had a he had a bad performance, but he could come back. Do you think he can come back and be on top of the heavyweight division again? I think he can. I think uh, if he takes one or two fights to kind of rebuild him and 
and in a way gain the confidence of the people that he's back and he can actually be something serious. Then look for another third fight with, with AJ. I mean, they're one and one. Why not do a third fight? But he's got to earn it. He's got to get those two good wins or one good win to be able to, you know, earn that shot. And if he does that and he prepares himself well enough, you know, then he, he could re really uh, do something and, and win that fight again and be on top of the world once again. Because he already did it one time. Um, this last time he was not in shape. He clearly said it himself. So I think if he puts in the time in the ring, in the, in the gym, he'll definitely be able to pull it off again. I talked to your brother in Miami and I asked him because obviously Andy uh, Reese left Manny Robles and I know there's talks about him joining Teddy Atlas and I told your brother like would you train Andy would you be interested you know he said well it's up to Andy who he chooses how would you feel having Andy as a, as a, as a teammate in your gym I think I think it'd be, it would be great actually a great team I think it would be a great opportunity to uh, show everybody you know that our gym can help fighters like we've done in the past. We've done it with so many other fighters. The list is long of fighters that have come to us and we've helped them and, 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 and either extend their career or reshape their career and become world champions again. You know, so I think it'll be a great, great opportunity. But, you know, it really is Andy's uh, call. You know, and if they feel that maybe they need someone that can push them more, like Teddy Atlas has that strict regimen and, and that character, maybe that's a better fit, you know. So it depends on, on, on Andy's uh, handlers, management team, who they prefer. I think Robert is a great trainer, one of the very best. I think he could help. Um, it's a little unfair to say that, you know, he needs someone else, that, that Andy needs another trainer. It's a little unfair for Manny because I don't think it was Manny's fault. You know, if the, if the fighter doesn't put in the work, doesn't put in the time in the gym, then it's really not the trainer's fault. So it's, it's not fair to say that he needs another trainer. But if he wanted to do something with either Robert or Teddy or whoever it may be, I'm sure he will benefit from that because he just got to put in the time. And he can still learn from a lot of other, other trainers. So I think, I think it's, it's not a bad idea for him to change trainers, but he himself has to put in the time in the, in the gym. You know, come back up. Um, before I let you go, Mikey, I want to get your thoughts on, I mean, a fight that you were looking for for a while was Lomachenko. You know, obviously it didn't happen. But now it seems that um, they're very close to finishing up the fight with uh, Tofimo Lopez. What do you think about that fight? I think it's a good matchup. I think it's a great opportunity. Tofimo is, is big and strong, young, with a lot of a, a lot of uh, hunger in him, and I think that's that's going to complicate things for for Loma. I still think Loma does enough to win. I think he can still box enough and and win. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tofimo catches him because. Loma's not that big, you know, Loma's not big. He's, he's still a featherweight, you know, super featherweight, you know, fighting at lightweight. But Teofimo is a lightweight. He is big, strong, fast. I think I think it's, it's a great matchup. I think Loma wins by decision, but it's not going to be easy. I think Loma's going to uh, find out that, you know, it's, it's complicated. Just like when he fought Linares. It, it wasn't an easy fight, you know, because Linares is a terrific fighter and a little bit bigger naturally, even though he also was a feather at one time, but he's been a lightweight longer, and that complicated things for Loma a little bit. I think Tofimo will do the same thing. I think it's going to be a challenging fight for Loma. Mikey, thank you so much. You guys do not miss this fight on February 29th. Um, we have the four-division world champion, Mikey Garcia, taking on Jesse Vargas in Dallas. Uh, catch it on the zone if you're not there. Mikey, I'm going to call an Uber. Let me see if uh, I think there's an Uber outside with the 87. Get me to the, to the fights tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it.
Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to subscribe here at Fino Boxing, like this video, and leave your comments down below. And follow us at all our social media platforms at Fino Boxing, and my personal one is at Adriana underscore. I had a little rest, but um, I was always tipping over and then I was trying out like new different gyms straight away. Once the Christmas was out the way and it started with me, my last gym, um, I basically didn't want to waste any time. I was thinking, oh, I want to be fighting in March, April time, so I need to quickly find who I want to be training with. Started motioning around a few different gyms up and down the country and then ended up in here in the Ingle gym and I've ended up. I basically live down here now, so it's been been an hard change in regards to family and friends and things like that. But being in the gym has been been great, like for me so far. Anyway, it wasn't so much um, the written fight, to be honest. Um, even to this day, like I've had people from all over the country that think I won as well as I did. It was just one of them things. But I had the feeling that I wanted to change a bit ago, but. It's like, it's like the, when they say the saying, how do you fix something that's not broke when you keep winning? And when the time came and I was thinking of my age and things like that, I thought, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to change, it needs to be now. And then when I, when I eventually come to this gym to try it out, um, my manager spoke to Dominic and he said, yeah, come up and uh, have a little try out of things. And then when I got involved in the structure and the way things are set out in the gym and the new things I was learning within like, some of it my head was cabbaged, some of it I haven't got, got all together straight away but when I started getting used to it and things like that I just thought like this is the gym for me, this is, I'm definitely going to be able to learn a lot more and thrive going into 2020. It's like a motivational thing was something I was always lacking in my last gym because I was more or less on my own quite a lot and now being in here with all these top champions and other fighters with They've all got big goals for world titles and things like that as well, training alongside you. And even on them days when you're tired and you really can't be bothered and you get in and you're next to all the lads here, automatically you're thinking, I'm not coming last year. I'm not being the one slacking compared to all these. And it, it's, been, it's been motivation for a while I've been in the gym. And since I've been here, I've already started picking up little tricks and new, new things learning-wise. And just believe when I get into the ring, I, I'm gonna be a new kettle of fish. The, the first few weeks was a bit of standoffish. I was like the new kid in town, do you know what I mean? And I was only here a couple of days, then going home a couple of days and going home and then, but then once I officially said to them, like, and said to Dominic, is it okay if I stay and eat? We'd sorted everything out and from then onwards, like everyone's warm to me and I've like become a part of the pack a bit with all the lads. And honestly, I, lo I love it now, like, do you know what I mean? Like, especially the training. Don't be wrong, I'm, I'm making a lot I'm, and my mind's battered with a few of the things I'm still learning now, like, it's not something I'll just pick up straight away, like, the famous single lines where everyone goes on about and you're like, oh, how are you doing the lines? People are asking me, like, people think that's just something you can pick up like that, it's not, it's harder than, it, than you think and I just believe when I can take what I'm learning in the gym into the ring, it'll, it'll put me on back onto the pedestal where I need to be. You can always train at any point and things like that, but once you get your fight date, it really helps you switch on, you you stop taking them little bits of snacks off your diet that aren't there and things like that, you really get switched on for it and being Manchester so close to Liverpool, I know I'll be able to bring a big army with me and get back to winning ways and get everyone back on board and hopefully by the summer I'll be back in for a big fight again. I feel like the fight itself, I didn't fight the way people expected me to fight, I think the 
the, all the animosity and the build-up of the fight made me just want to get in there and have an absolute tear-up where I think if I'd have stayed more focused and I boxed a lot more, I could have made the fight a lot easier for myself and probably won it that way. But what it'll probably be now is Lewis is ahead of me now, so he'll probably be looking to fight for bigger fights himself. So I've just got to make sure I keep winning. If he slips up anywhere, I know the rematch will be there then because everyone that went to watch it and everyone that speaks about it enjoyed the fight so much. So I can imagine myself to be a bit more stylish now. I want to be like one of these a bit more, do you know what I mean? I'll probably still have my own, what your, your groundwork, what you'd always end up going back to your roots, but there'll be a bit of ad added more flavour to me now, I think. Eddie, what a night that was. Mm. What did you make of the fight? I just, the amount of times I've written off Tyson Fury in a fight, I'm never ever going to do it again until he fights AJ. <laughs> um, I just thought he was great. I'd been hearing out of the camp that they were going to be aggressive. They were going to try and dominate uh, Deontay Wilder and try and knock him out. And I thought it's the worst tactics in the world. It ended up being genius. You know, big, big credit to Sugar Hill and Andy Lee and Fury. Great performance. You know, one of the top British performances in a ring. Um, although sometimes we will have our words against each other and obviously we're not under the same banner if you like. I've got a lot of respect for Fury, not just for his performance on Saturday, but what he's come back from. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I fell into the trap of Wilder, this huge puncher, and he'll eventually get to him. But actually, when you strip it back and think about Wilder's not particularly very good, and Fury is an excellent technical boxer with a great brain. But what was most impressive was the way that he didn't do what probably you expect him to do, which was to do what he did against Klitschko, which was run around, be awkward. He just stuck it on him and he battered him, battered him. And uh, you know, it was a brilliant, brilliant performance. Do you think Deontay Wilder looked right from the get-go in that fight? Not really. I mean, I think they both you know, were, were flogged in the preparation for that fight, the promotion for that fight. They were everywhere. And there were times when I was thinking, you know, I know how it can affect a fighter. It affected Anthony Joshua in a Ruiz fight. And I don't know whether he was just drained going into the ring, but you can't, you know, I think it was just fury. You know, he was a big lump. He talked himself into that fight. Maybe he'd done... Uh, Wilder's heading a little bit in the build-up, second-guessed himself, but he just dominated him from the get-go. His legs didn't really look right from the opening bell, but especially when the right hand came and he damaged his ear, looked like his equilibrium went, looked like his gas tank was empty. But also, give Fury credit for the body work as well. Dropped him with a body shot, was repeatedly hurting him to the body with both hands. That can drain a fighter as well. So I think, you know, whether Wilder was right or not, who, who cares? You know, it was, it was Fury who put in the great performance and dominate the fight. Have you ever seen a heavyweight be dropped by a body shot before? Um, good question. And actually, I'm, there has been, but in the fights that I've promoted, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen heavyweights hurt to the body, but I think by that stage, it was just more fatigue, you know, momentum. He couldn't stand up. He couldn't, every time he was backed up against the ropes, he was almost hanging onto the ropes. So with that shot, he hit him to the body, good shot, but he was on the way backwards and, he just beat him up, you know, he beat him up. And it's a very difficult loss to come back from because you can't say he was in the fight. You know, I remember with the AJ Ruiz fight, AJ was winning the fight. He just knocked him down. Everything was going to plan. In this fight, he lost every round again. I mean, they've boxed twice now. They've done 19 rounds, nearly, nearly, yeah, not nearly 19 completed rounds. I think Wilder's probably won three rounds of the 19. So... But this time, it wasn't that Fury just schooled him. He dominated him and he beat him up. And that's going to be very difficult for Wilder to come back from. To say Wilder to come back from, he's got the option of taking a rematch. Do you believe he's going to take that rematch? 
I think he has little choice. I mean, look, I don't want him to take the rematch, but I think if you're part of that team now, what do you do? You know, if you if you turn this fight down, psychologically, you know, it's gonna it's gonna really give so much um, sort of buoyancy and lift to your future opponents of saying, well, this guy might might be mentally finished because if you believe you're going to win a fight. You have to take it, especially for it's, when it's for the world heavyweight title, especially when it's a chance to win your belts back. When AJ lost to Ruiz, on the Sunday, even in the changing room, all we were talking about was, you'll get him in the rematch, you'll get him in the rematch. But the way the defeat unfolded was, psychologically, maybe, maybe Wilder don't even want to be there anymore. You know, Like I said, I think he left his soul in the MGM Garden Arena. He was, he was, he was beaten out of him. So maybe he turns around and says, you know what, I want a year out. Or maybe he wakes up this morning hungrier than ever and says, no, I was poor, my camp weren't great, I need to put this right. And I expect him to, today, come out and actually say something and say, you know, fair play, but I'm going again. Question on everybody's lips. I'm sure you've already been asked this a million times. I'm going to ask you again. What are the chances of seeing Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua unification fight for the heavyweight championship of the world. Well, I mean, you only got to say that and, you know, the hairs on the back of the neck stand up. Let's put this into perspective. Right now, Great Britain owns the heavyweight division. Tyson Fury, great win at the weekend, won the WBC World Championship, the ring magazine belt. Anti Joshua reclaimed his world heavyweight championships, the IBF, the WBA, the WBO, the IBO. We're on top. When have we ever... I mean, it wasn't so long ago that for, to have a British world heavyweight champion was just the most incredible thought. Now we've got two. Not just two, but two that own every belt. Three months ago, PBC in America had Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz, right? They were loving it. They were loving life. Little old Britain, you know, they've lost everything. Now we're the daddies. We own that division. But when are we ever going to get a chance for two British heavyweight world championship champions to unify against each other for the undisputed heavyweight title. I mean, we would be clowns, we would be idiots if we didn't make that fight. And if we can make that fight next, then great. I've already spoken to top rank, I've spoken to MTK. Everybody knows this is the fight. Joshua wants to fight badly. Fury will not be running anywhere from this fight. And for the first time, AJ's the underdog in this fight and I love that I love that because Fury's wins have been fantastic but we believe we win this fight and it has to happen it has to happen for history for legacy for everything because when you know if we don't make this fight why are we even in the sport we know that sport these days is driven by money and sometimes greed but what guess what there's a load of money for anyone that's greedy might even be me in that fight but the truth is as fans of sport we have to make it happen but there's nowhere, to, there's nowhere to go for both guys. That's it. You pick up the back pages today. It's not even great performance from Wilder. It's Wilder AJ. When are we seeing it? And sometimes you never even get the chance to wallow in the, 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 the celebration of a great victory. You know, I remember when AJ unified against Klitschko and again against Parker. Well, when are you fighting Wilder? When are you fighting Wilder? And now Fury's the same. Fury deserves the credit of the great performance. But it's not, right, when we get in the AJ fight, that's what fans want. For us, if we can make that in the summer, we are all over it. But we wait on Wilder, and if Wilder exercises a rematch clause, we go ahead, we fight Kubrat Pulev, who's also promoted by top rank, which helps in the whole dynamics, and we fight Fury straight after he beats Wilder for, some say a second, I say a third time.
So I'm going to assume it's going to happen very soon and hope as well. Where would that fight take place? Um, for me, and you know, I like to be quite honest in interviews. Generally, you've got two teams and all the options are put into the middle. You have to think Tyson Fury has boxed his last four fights in America. There's a reason for that. There's more money in America than there is in the UK. Anthony Joshua has boxed his last two fights out of the country. One in Madison Square Garden, one in Saudi Arabia. Now he wants to come home. It would be an absolute honour, a dream, to promote Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua in the UK. And everything in the common sense world tells you that's where it should be. We also know, in a common sense world, that all these offers are going to come around from all over the world to stage this fight. And we can't, I can't lie to you and tell you they'll be ignored, because they won't be. There's teams working for both guys. This is a dangerous fight. This is, this is potentially career-ending for both. So you're always going to look at the financials of the deal. But I do believe that if you asked AJ and Fury, hand on heart, where do you want this fight? They would say in the UK. And same with me. But we do know that this fight has not just become the biggest fight in British boxing history. This could be the biggest fight in the history of the sport. This could be one of the biggest sporting events globally ever. Not just for our little country. But if we can do it here, what an occasion it would be for us. And I just love the you know, Fury fans, AJ fans. He's got everything. Two completely different persons. Two unified world heavyweight champions. You know, one guy that's come back from you know, the depths of, not defeat, but you know, the problems that he suffered outside of the ring. And another guy that's come back from the depths of defeat in Anthony Joshua. You know, they're two great survivors. It's two great comeback stories, but two very different individuals, two very different fighters. And it's just a, a dream to promote a fight like that, especially with them being unified British world heavyweight champions. There's another heavyweight in the mix, and I know he uh, sent you a tweet after mm. you tweeted about wanting the unification fight, certain Dylan White. What does this all mean for him? Well, Dillian White probably not very happy with me because all the questions I'm getting asked are, when are we seeing Fury against AJ? But you have a heavyweight there in Dillian White who, you know, let's, let's have it right. When you talk about the top four or top five, Dillian White is on everybody's list. He's a WBC interim world heavyweight champion. And one thing that's been a little bit lost so far is he is now the mandatory challenger for Tyson Fury. Now, Maurizio Suleiman has made it very clear that that will happen in February 21. So the answer to the question is, Dillian White will be the mandatory challenger for the winner of Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury if everything goes to plan. You know, he texted me yesterday, he said, you know, push for me to be the mandatory. You are mandatory. We've been pushing for three years with WBC. They're not going to install, they're not going to push a mandatory on Fury right now. They're going to let him have another fight in 2020 and two if he can. Because in February 2021, that's when Dillian White will be called as mandatory. It's ridiculous, I have to be honest. Like, this is a guy who's done everything he's been asked of by the WBC. He's turned his back on other world championship shots. He's fought for WBC championships eight times. He's been number one for what? Five, six, seven, eight hundred days, whatever it is. Maybe a thousand coming up. Um, and he's doing it the hard way. You know, he's boxed Joseph Parker, boxed Chisora twice, boxed Oscar Rivas. Now he's going to box... Alexander Povetkin, another really risky fight. But no one's going to take that mandatory position away from him. The frustrating thing is the time. But if I'm Dillian White, whilst I'm also frustrated, I'm now thinking, OK, so I'm the mandatory in February 21. 
of Tyson Fury. I may be mandatory for the winner of Tyson Fury against AJ. My God, what a spot to be in. He's just got to keep winning. And as frustrating as it may seem, he will get there. He will get that shot at the World Heavyweight title. Listen, if Tyson Fury wants to fight him next and don't want to fight AJ, let's make that fight. But of course, the whole country is asking for Fury against AJ. But Dillian White is in a great spot and will announce his next fight this week. Hasn't Tyson Fury previously said he won't fight Dillian White? Well, he's given a couple of lists. The last one didn't have Dillian White on, but the list before did have Dillian White on. Dillian White is a roughhouse. Like, he's not someone generally you'd pick. We've seen that with Deontay Wilder. He's been mandatory for Deontay Wilder for three years. At no point did Wilder go, yeah, okay, look, I'm going to take care of my number one challenger. You don't want to fight Dillian White because he's a, he's a brute. You know, he'll go in there and make it difficult for you. He's strong. He's got a great chin. He won't stop trying. He's got a left hook that will put you to sleep. But eventually, they can't ignore him anymore. And um, while Fury has said, yeah, I'll fight Dillian White. I'll fight him for the WBC Diamond Championship. So we got the WBC to order that. And then he said, no, I'm not fighting Dillian White. I'm fighting someone else. You can't accuse Fury of, of ducking anyone. But Dillian is not a guy that you, you pick, generally. And that's been his problem. So he's had to go out and fight all these other dangerous guys that no one really wants to fight. You know, Rivas, Parker, Chisora's a nightmare for anyone. Now Povetkin. But he's going through all these guys, fighting top contenders. He's not taking easy touches. So I think with Dillian, you know, he's going to have to force that mandatory position where the WBC and Maurizio Suleiman, please God, finally turn around and say, you got it, now's your chance. And they can't wait any later than February 21 because we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And of course... The main issue was, you know, through the, the UCAD fallout from the Rebass fight, that delayed everything with the WBC and it gave them an excuse to extend it to that period. But ultimately, that is the stop date. And, and I think now there's been that many interviews with Maurizio Sullivan where it would be impossible for him to do anything else. OK, change of, uh, change of weight division right now. Can you give us an update on Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders? Yeah, I mean, you've got two of our guys, uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith, both in the running for that fight. I believe there's meetings taking place on Tuesday to ultimately determine who's going to get the fight. Um, Billy Joe is, you know, coming out and saying, hurry up and, I'm, you know, tell him he's got till Wednesday. And I said, Billy, don't work like that. You know, ultimately, this is the golden ticket, this fight. Callum Smith's waiting patiently behind closed doors. They both want the fight. They both want a deal that's fair. And, you know, you saw Oscar De La Hoya come out and say, these guys turning down these fights... You can't offer a WBA and a Ring Magazine champion half of what another world champion got to face him. Um, so we're negotiating. We're negotiating. I'm very confident that one of those guys will get the Canelo fight, and it will be done this week. You know, May the, May the second is the date. It's not long. You know, and Dillian White could box on that date as well. So we need to make sure that the Canelo fight, Golden Boy, will announce this week, I guess, and we must also announce Dillian White's fight this week as well. Is there an update on Alexander Usyk's condition? Is that fight against Chisora? Yeah, Chizori he's okay. He just needed a little bit of extra time uh, on his elbow. He's training. He's in full camp. Um, the Chisora fight is done. Terms are agreed for that fight. Um, May the 23rd is a potential date at the O2 Arena. It's a massive heavyweight fight. I mean, we know that Usyk is now sitting there as well. He's probably another guy that will text me later saying, hey, what about me? I'm mandatory for Anthony Joshua. Everybody wants these fights. So... The way it's supposed to work before Saturday was Pulev first for AJ, then Usyk. But now, if we can get that undisputed fight, we're all in at any moment. 
Um, Usyk will fight Chisora. If Chisora could cause an upset, he aut automatically runs onto the world scene, potentially into a mandatory position. So Chisora and Usyk, you will see. White and Povetkin, you will see. And AJ versus X, you will also see all this summer on Sky Sports. Josh Warrington, what's the update on him? When will you be announcing so, his next fight? With Josh Warrington, we're chasing the unification fights. We've been speaking to top rank about Shakur Stevenson. We've been talking to Golden Boy about Kanzu. We've been speaking to PBC about Gary Russell. Um, a unification is absolute the priority. He also has a mandatory against uh, Kid Galahad. Great performance the other week. He also would like to fight in America as well. So he's another one that this week is kind of like the cutoff date to decide that. For me, a unification at Headingley in the summer is exactly what we want, and we'll be trying to make that happen. Uh, will Kel Brook receive a major fight this year? Yeah, I think he has to. I mean, uh, there's a few different discussions going on about fights at 147 and 154. We love the All-British fight with Liam Smith as well. But both guys want to fight for world championships as well. So I kind of feel like if they can get that shot, that would take priority over that domestic clash. But that is there. That is ready to be made. Um, it's just non-stop at the moment. You know, this, this Saturday evening, Sunday morning on Sky Sports... You've got Mikey Garcia against Jesse Vargas. You've got Cal Yafai fighting Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez, which is just a career-defining fight for Britain's longest-serving world champion in Cal Yafai. Wales is Jay Harris going for the WBC world title. And like I said, right now, don't rule any of those guys out because British boxing is firing and we own the heavyweight division. Can these guys go on and, and uh, capture the smaller division world championships in Frisco this weekend? Finally, Eddie, who's the best heavyweight in the world right now? For me, the best heavyweight in the world is Anthony Joshua. I will back him. And you know what the great thing is, is, is not so long ago, we nearly worked with Tyson Fury. And it would have been an honour. But right now, it's us against them. You know? And I prefer that. I don't really want to do a fight where I've got two of those guys and I have to sit there you know, all quiet, pretending that I'm not emotionally involved. I want to go in there. I want to be diving in the ring. I want to be at the press conferences, the build-ups. Can you imagine when Fury and AJ come face-to-face -face for the first time? You know, that's an image that the country, when we talk about the growth of the sport in the country, to grow the sport to astronomical levels, this is our golden chance. I mean, already with two heavyweight world champions, this sport should be penetrating through grassroots, through the youth system, you know, through the casual audience. But if they come together, it could change boxing forever in this country. So that's our responsibility. I believe, I know that we have the best heavyweight in the world who is improving, but I also know that Tyson Fury is a maverick. But let him be the favourite. You know, let everyone say, AJ can't do it. He can't, he can't deal with his size, his movement, his pressure. Let him do all that. AJ will work behind closed doors and he will beat Tyson Fury. And I believe since the day I met him, he will be the undisputed heavyweight world champion. And we've got to make that happen.